Welcome back, folks, to the Mel Wright Show. It's episode 148. We've got a great guest here, Ryan Cote. Um, Ryan, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the audience? Yes, thanks, Jonathan. Happy to be here. Yes, my name is Ryan Cote. My company is Ballantyne. We're based out of Fairfield, New Jersey. Uh, We are a family-owned business. I'm third generation. Uh, My grandfather started the company in the mid-60s. And now myself, my two brothers, my uncle are partners in the business. And in terms of what we do, uh, we we, uh, offer both direct mail marketing services as well as digital marketing services. It's a great blend. And um, some of the areas we're going to be discussing during the show, folks, is direct direct mail, um, how you can combine that with uh, online marketing. We're also going to be discussing um, paid advertising through Google AdWords. We're going to have a little bit of sprinkling around SEO and a little bit about Facebook. So it's going to be a, a fantastic discussion. I'm really looking forward to this. So, Ryan, um, and also I also forgot my co-host. I apologise, Robert. Uh, um, uh, um, Robert, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm the founder of Inbound REM. I'm a real estate marketing consultant. Uh, if anybody's interested, they can always go to Inbound REM, but, but uh, I mostly do the show to expand my knowledge. And I'm really, really looking forward to talking to a direct mail um, aficionado. That's not actually something that we tackle too often. So this is a, this is a, a treat for us. Thank That's you. great. Thank and you. Robert's got some great articles on his, um, some great reviews and articles on his website. And I highly recommend that you go to Robert's and have a feast about everything real estate on his website. Um, so, Ryan, um, you know, I'm a great believer in combining different marketing um, system services, and I do not dismiss direct mail at all because I think in the, you know, your company, you do service a little bit real estate, but it's not your your real market. But I thought we would have you on because you've got, like you say, you've got three generations. You've mixed digital with traditional. Where do you see direct mail? And also, can you give some insights where you see you have seen it work recently? Yes, yeah, so, I mean I, the, the 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 combination of print and digital. Um, I think is it's important just because you know think about multiple touch points. So, you know, um, it's it's very rare that. You, know, you make the sale or, or generate the lead based on one touch point. It requires multiple touch points, and you know I know that you know digital is obviously very big and it's, it's growing, but print is still still a very important piece of the marketing pie. Um, you know, you think about the competition you have in your inbox for your email or your Facebook feed, for example, and you think about the competition you have in your mailbox. Uh, there's very little comp- competition in the mailbox, so. Um, the blend of the two, both print and digital, is important because you're reaching people in their inboxes with digital and their in their feeds with social media advertising, and then you're you're reaching people in their mailbox with with print marketing. So it's kind of covering all the bases. You're increasing the touch touch points, and that's what we find to be very effective um, is blending those two together. Um, and, you know, and yes, direct mail can be is more expensive when you consider the print and the mail and the postage. Um, but the actual format that you use does not need to be expensive. You know, postcards can be very efficient, you know, very cost efficient. Um, and still, you're still getting that mail piece, that physical piece of mail in their hands. Um, and then one way you can also, you know, seamlessly blend the two, just using Facebook as an example. You know, you've got your, you're sending out a postcard 
and you're buying that mailing list of, you know, people in the geo that you're servicing, um, what have you. And then you're taking that list and you're uploading it to Facebook. And, you know, so the person's getting your postcard and they're also getting your Facebook ads in their feed. And that's like kind of like a one-two punch. It's, uh, it can be very effective. Yeah, I just want to quantify that to the listeners. What Ryan's talking about is um, retargeting. Um, so the only thing you've got to keep in mind, folks, is that the email um, the email address that be on your list that you're utilizing for your direct marketing for the Facebook advert to show has to be the same email address that they signed up with Facebook. Right. but if the list is, you know, it will help and retargeting keeps the cost down and it being that you should be multiply touching these people, they will should become more receptive to what is called a totally cold, cold audience. Um, so you could got any kind of um recent clients that you thought that was doing um, direct marketing in a really effective way that you've worked with? Okay. So this, this is not a, um, it's not a real, it's not a realtor, but I think the example still applies to, to that, to your audience. Um, you know, we have, uh, and I can't give specific numbers, but I, wanna, I just want to explain that the, the strategy, the process, the, the process. what you thought they were doing well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we have a client, they're a small business, uh, a manufacturer, and um, they're using us for paid advertising, some search engine optimization and content. And our job is to help them sell more of their products off their website. And they, they have different sales channels, but one of them is, being, is, their, is their website. Um, and so we're, you know, we're doing paid advertising, SEO, and then the content marketing. Um, and then we also threw indirect mail into the mix, but it wasn't a one-shot, it wasn't a one-shot campaign. We came up with a series of four mail pieces and they were different formats. Like one was a postcard, one was a self mailer, um, just different formats. The messaging was pretty much the same. It was just, it, the presentation was a little bit different. And we set those mail pieces out, uh, I think it was six weeks apart. Um, so there was some time in between. And while these were going out, the digital was still running. And so the digital was running and then they were getting these mail pieces six weeks apart, um, varying the formats. And it was very effective. We saw an increase in sales. We were using coupon code and tracking tracking their sales and um that was an effective campaign for them give us an estimate on cost for that for that for that or any campaign just give us a ballpark i'm not i don't want to tie you down to anything but but if somebody was interested in let's say pursuing that what because uh, most of our clients are going to be are, are familiar with digital. And you got you got your PPC expense or your Facebook marketing expense, but but I I know of very few real estate people that are still familiar with what what direct mail would cost. So I will give you a very rough number, and this is a very rough number because it depends sure. on the format and the quantity and how much you're paying for creative. But you can figure on about a dollar per piece um, when you factor in all the different costs, um, okay. creative, so- and postage, and print. Uh, the average real estate professional services a uh, city that has usually somewhere between one and five thousand households, um, mm-hmm. and then and then obviously there are some that that, that expand out to more than that. But um, uh, you could like mass like total numbers. Even though here in LA we get we get a very distorted view, but most of my clients don't work in LA. They work in Austin or other places, and then they don't even work all of Austin. They work a single neighborhood. Or they work a couple of cities inside that neighborhood. At max, you're usually talking about ten or fifteen thousand households max. Yeah. So, 
how is that uh, does that still play into direct mail? Can anybody use it or would you be constrained by the numbers if they were seeking a specific city that wasn't, let's say, a couple hundred thousand people big? No, I, th- I think I think the smaller numbers are fine. I mean, the more focus you can get, the better. Um, the blanket the blanket saturated mailings don't work as well. So the more focus, it's like it's like Facebook advertising. Like Jonathan knows, the more focus you get with your targeting, generally the better results you're going to get. Um, so it's the same thing with direct mail. Um, if you've got your if you've got your database, or if you're buying a database, maybe a compile list, you want to know exactly who you, who you're who you're servicing best, and then you know go real laser focus on that audience. And ten to fifteen thousand. That's a that's a perfectly acceptable. And, you know, I, I would say generally when, when our clients are testing, um, they're not testing anything less than like 5,000 pieces because it's hard to, it's hard to measure anything. It's hard to measure a campaign on anything less than that. You don't know if, if what you're seeing is significantly relevant, you know, and so anything less than 5,000, it's really hard um, to okay. measure results. All right. So for, for our clients that might be sitting in a city that has less than 5,000 households, maybe direct mail might not be the best way to tackle. But anybody that is, they might be able to to use direct mail on top of, which by the way, for the, the handful of people that tune in to me and, and actually pay attention to, to, to what I say, mm-hmm. I am I am a big fan of, um, oh, this is a, an old guy. Uh, there's, a, there's a sales guy whose, whose name will come to me, but 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 I was learning sales 30 years ago. And one of the sales trainers that I constantly read always said that there was a, a five touch mechanism in terms of the way that you work a prospect. They must see or be touched five different times. And this particular is Brian Tracy. Brian Tracy used to say that you'd have to touch them in various ways. So can't just call them five times. You could, but but his experience showed that five different touches were oftentimes yield the best results. And what he meant by that was like a door knock or mailer, because this is the days before the internet when I was studying Brian Tracy, um, or phone call. And these would each be a different touch. I still subscribe to that, whether it's the digital realm or it's the direct mail realm. My own experience is, is that a lot of these touches can be apply digitally, but I don't disagree with anything anybody said in terms of getting a piece of mail in the, bu- in, in the mailbox. If you have a larger budget or you're working with a small team inside real estate, I wouldn't discard digital or uh, direct mail mm-hmm. um, out of hand. And if you're working with a highly focused market, which some of our clients are like real specific, then I would strongly recommend direct mail on top of everything else that you're doing because you'd probably be the only person sending it. Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I, oh, no, yeah. just um, sorry to interrupt. Um, it's just that there's two specific areas where I think agents should really look at direct mail. Um, it's you know I think you should organise. Um, you should really aim your marketing at specific communities, and then organise community events if you can, and get instead of pushing out, you're getting your client base coming to you at this event. This is a great way of using direct mail to advertise that event, an event that you might hold twice a year in a Pacific community, aimed at families, aimed at your target audience. Uh, another circumstance is around medium to higher price properties around open houses and really having a organised um, campaign of online and using direct mail to market that open house. Um, the purpose is not to like 
we have said in previous episodes, the purpose of this is a branding, marketing, and a database list building exercise. This is why you're doing the two things that I mentioned. What do you reckon, Ryan? What do you think of that? Uh, I think that's, you, you mentioned branding. It actually made me think of something that, to tie back to also Robert's comment before about less than 5,000, uh, less than 5,000, um, you know, a list of less than 5,000. What you can do um, when you're dealing with smaller quantities like that, you can look at lumpy mail, lumpy mail with a branding twist. So just one thought that came to my mind is um, and the reason why it's not, it's doable on 10 to 15,000, but just the cost becomes, it's, it becomes a little bit cost prohibitive when you're, when you're talking about larger quantities. Okay. When you've got a small, smaller list, maybe 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, whatever it is, you could do lumpy mail. So for example, you can send out an envelope with maybe like a branded um, uh, calendar of some sort or magnet. And so they get this envelope and it's, and it's lumpy because there's something in it. And the open rate on that kind of mail is typically uh, very high because there's something in it. They want to see what's in it and they open it. And then they've got like your, your picture on there and um, some information with the local community, obviously your, your website and your phone number. And hopefully they put it on their refrigerator and, and, and call you when the time is right. Gotcha. Yeah. There's all, there's all sorts of creative ways you can do this. Another, another mythology um, is to actually have the envelope, send them an envelope and have the envelope handwritten. So yeah. that increases rates of open. There's all different twists, but it's really important to go to a specialist that has a lot of experience in direct mail. They can advise you on this, can't they? Right. <laughs> exactly. We're going to go for our break, folks. When we come back, we're going to delve into some other areas um, about how to market yourself and get some really quality leads. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-write.com. We're coming back. We've had a feast about direct mail. On to another subject. Um, using Google and using Google AdWords um, to actually promote your business, your website. And you said something um, I thought was really important. It's linked to this about why agents need their own website and not rely on something that the broker would you like to delve into a bit of that, Ryan? Yeah, you want me to start with the website first, or the yeah, Google sure, because I think it lead, leads into the AdWords in a way, it, doesn't it? It does. And Robert, you know, Phil, I know you're an SEO, SEO expert, so you know, uh, jump in. Um, but basically, you know, what what I what I'll see often is is, is realtors will get a website from the broker, and it's it's not it's not on their own domain name, which is you know, domain name meaning like xyz.com versus uh, Jonathan remax.com or whatever you want your own website you want your own website because it's going to it's going to be something that you control it's your asset um it's much easier to rank in google your own website because you can you can um control the seo on the site you know the keywords and what have you um and also it gives you the opportunity to create your own content for the website so for example maybe you have a series of of things about the local community and position yourselves as the local expert, you know, the local um, real estate expert, you know, restaurants and, you know, information at the schools and what have you. 
And when you have all that unique content and it's, and it's your content and it's going on your own website, your own domain, it's, it's your asset and it's easier to rank that in Google. Um, Robert, is there anything you'd add to that? Well, in the real estate space specifically, I wouldn't necessarily say, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Let's start there. So, okay. so you, you will never, ever find somebody who's more evangelical about owning your own website uh, in any business, really, but specifically and most especially for real estate, because it is so rare that anybody does. And all the marketing value in real estate is most of the time being transferred to the marketing companies as opposed to somebody gaining control of it. So I agree with you. The one thing I just want to I want to throw out there is that there are some real estate marketing companies that have gotten very good at creating template sites that rank better than a site that you're just going to build yourself and put on the web. You'd need somebody it's pretty rare that the handful of custom real estate website developers that are out there build a website that does as well as some of these out-of-the-box solutions. That doesn't mean you shouldn't own your own website because you should. You yeah. should just be aware of the fact that, like, if anything, maybe look at some of the things that, are, that other people are doing, figure out how to measure success, and then copy them. Like, yeah. like, it's not, you know, don't try to reinvent the wheel just because you own it. Just that's that that would be my comment. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Um and so then tying that into Google AdWords, um, you you need a good website. So Google AdWords is pay-per-click. You're bidding on keywords and then you're right. driving traffic. So um homes for sale in San Diego or what have you. Um you're bidding on keywords. When someone clicks on that ad, you pay. And you know, it's gotten a lot more expensive. But what I like about Google AdWords, um, or really any type of you know, Bing advertising as well. It's very, you have a lot of control over the campaigns. You have a lot of flexibility. You know, Robert, as you know, SEO takes time and we're at the mercy of Google and all their algorithm updates. Um, still very effective, very, very effective. Um, with Google, it's amazing when you're paying them, you have a lot more flexibility and, and the traffic is immediate and you can set up campaigns. Like, let's say you want to focus on just homes for sale in Los Angeles, but you have a campaign for homes for sale in San Diego. Um, you could turn on and off the campaigns based on what you're looking to push. Um, and so, but for Google AdWords, it's it's a lot of it's based on quality scores. So you need to have a strong quality score to get a good cost per click. And quality score is just Google's um, measurement of how good your website is, like you know, where you're sending that traffic to. They assign that page a quality score, and you want that quality score to be high. And so you have to have. I mean, you can send traffic to a branded broker page, but um, you know, typically you're sending it to a, a landing page or a page on your site that's highly relevant for the keywords that you're bidding on. And so it comes back to, you know, so Google hours, you need to have a strong website for to be the most effective, uh, to be most effective. And so that's why they're kind of tied together. But in you know, Google AdWords, yeah, it's, it's, it's immediate. The traffic is immediate. You have a lot of control over what keywords you're bidding on. And, uh, you know, we love using it. We do a lot of it here. Yeah, the way, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask. So what, what do you feel like the most dramatic or impressive marketing lesson that you've learned, Ryan, in terms of, of ad, you know, AdWords? We all have those aha moments. Did you have any for PPC or, or anything that even comes close to it that you could, that you could share? Yeah, I'm trying to, th- yeah, I do actually. I'm trying, it's for an insurance client of ours. I'm trying to think of how I could tie this back to, to your audience. And I think I can, but. No, just, just, yeah, you've done it. Okay. Just an insurance client, but, but what was the aha moment? So the auto moment is that they, they have a lot of personal lines, business lines, and they have specialty lines. 
And, um, you know, we started up broad with them with doing pay-per-click for all the different personal lines and the business lines and the specialty lines. And it became very clear to us that one specialty line in particular, for whatever reason, the pay-per-click was converting like crazy. And, um, and so what we did was we just shut off every, every other campaign, except for a couple other ones that were sort of had prom had, had potential and focused on that one particular specialty. And for the last two years now, it's consistently driven uh, leads for this client for that particular specialty. Um, so maybe with real estate agents, it's, it's focusing like what communities are you doing best in? And then you're bidding on keywords that, you know, that are targeting that targeting that community. Um, right. Or just running ads with with Google AdWords, you can specify like what geo you want to advertising. So if someone's only searching for within a certain mile radius of a zip code, they only see your ads. Maybe you only specify you know that geo for that community that you service best. Um, so that's how I, that's how I think you know based on that insurance client how you how your audience can use that. And I'm just going to paraphrase, and then John, I'm going to I'm going to kick it over to you because I know that you that you had something you wanted to share. But um, I'm just going to say that what I heard you say and what I agree with in terms of of PPC is that it does allow you to do multivariate testing in the immediacy. It, in other words, you're absolutely right. Organic is painfully slow, like painfully, like SEO. And I am everybody who goes to my blog understands I'm evangelical about it, but it confuses people because you would think that I don't think there's a place for other stuff. And there very much is, and you just brought up a big one. If you want to get a result and understand what keywords might be viable, you don't want to wait a year or six months. You want to find that out right now. And you just described a case study very beautifully where the case study is we had four different verticals that were, I'm just guessing, I'm I'm making it up, but but we had a number of different things we were testing. We discovered one that was working very well, and then we pursued it. If I was the organic guy or, you know, on the marketing team, I would then say, well, it's great that we did all the testing. Let's do the organic for the thing that's really working and leave the rest alone. And, and we wouldn't have known that without the PPC being in place and, and, just, and getting those, those results. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. You're, you're right. It's, uh, you, can get, you can run the pay-per-click campaigns, find out which keywords are the most effective, and then roll that over to a SEO plan, whether it's content or you know, pages that you need to create in your site uh, to rank organically. They're very, they're very yin and yang. Yeah. Um, I'll just got a quick observation and then a follow through question. Um, I think folks, what you've also got to realize with Google AdWords, it's uh, intent. Um, it's intent specific. And what I mean by that is there is a big difference between Google and, and Facebook. Like I say, the people that are going to use Google they got a need, a want. They're looking for something, a Pacific. Yeah. Where with Facebook, it's disruptive advertising. You don't go to Facebook with a need, a want. You go there to find out cute pictures about cats or what your neighbours are doing, what's going on in your local community or nationally. And the advertising advertisement is um, disruptive. Uh, um, it's basically through their knowledge of people on Facebook, they show advertisement to, if it's been set up correctly, that has shown online signals that they would be interested in your disruptive advertisement. They're they're very two different animals, very similar, but you've got to be aware of that fundamental difference. Um, 
the other thing is the other question I was going to ask you, Ryan, is um, do you got any knowledge around using um, YouTube paid advertisement? Have you delved into the world of YouTube and paid advertisement as well? We have, yeah. It's it's predominantly we're doing Google AdWords, you know, keyword searches and re- remarketing or retargeting, whatever you want to call it. We have run some YouTube advertising. Um, you know, it's it's if you obviously if you have good videos, it could be very effective. Um, and you know, we for the type of clients that we service now, we do less of it. In the past, we've had some big brand toy brands that we've worked with, where it was a big part of their marketing strategy because they were just looking for that brand awareness, just saturating their videos all over YouTube. Um, but for the small businesses that we service now, we do less of it. Um, but Because I think that, that's probably the key problem, isn't it, is that, you know, brand awareness, but to actually get them to actually click on something and then go um, off YouTube. Um, I haven't seen the recent, but to me, people on YouTube are there, or am I incorrect? Do you... Do you think that getting them to click on a link in the YouTube and then go off is difficult? We were, we were not as successful with when we were running the video ads on YouTube and even on Facebook as well, you know, as you know, running uh, video ads on Facebook could be very effective, but you know, it's just depend. like our objective was just to get the views. The client just wanted, it was like a commercial essentially. Yeah. They wanted the views. Uh, we were, we weren't seeing as much traffic to their website. It also wasn't a goal of theirs. But even when we run Facebook ads, uh, video ads, we get a lot of views. We see less clicks over to the website, but it's also not really the objective. The objective is to get the view. Um, so that's what, we're, that's what we're seeing. Right. Got a question, Robert? Nope. Just, just agreeing. Just nodding. <laughs> I, I don't have um, – I, I have never actually – I think I've spent $100 on YouTube uh, advertising. And it was for myself. It was not for a client. So I have an unbelievably – low threshold of knowledge when it comes to YouTube. Now, if you were talking about organic or creating YouTube videos, obviously that is one of the cornerstones of my market, um, my marketplace in terms of how I promote my own business. So I'm a huge fan and believer in video. Um, don't get me on my, my soapbox for this particular call because we, we all haven't agreed to talk about it, but I'm just going to say video, yay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. Right. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up for the podcast part of the show. There's, um, Ryan's agreed to stay on for a little while, which will be bonus content, folks, which you'll be able to see on the Mailwright website and YouTube channel. So, um, Ryan, how can people find out more about you and your company and what you're up to? Thanks, Jonathan and Robert. Uh, so we've created a special page for your audience. Uh, they can view it at it's ballantine.com. Uh, forward slash mail right and Valentine is spelled B as in Bob A L L A N T I N E dot com forward slash mail right and on there there's a couple of uh, offers one being a uh, free uh, digital analysis via video so we actually do a screencast and and kind of give you a walkthrough of, of uh, just some advice around your website and marketing digital marketing 
Oh, that's great. Thanks. And Robert, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to, Robert? I love this part of the show. As always, <laughs> just go to, if you're watching, the brim of my hat, inboundrem.com. And if you're not watching, if you're just listening and you're feeling wild and crazy, you can go to inboundrem.com and uh, you can see, you can actually download some of the podcasts. I've, I have gotten proactive about uploading our old episodes. I'm very excited about it. Oh, thank, thanks for that. And like I say, like what was just said, you can also go to the MailRite website. Um, there's a library of almost 140 interviews with show notes and links. It's literally a course in its own right about if you want to learn how to market your real estate business effectively in 2018, I think you should look at some of those past episodes, watch the guests. We've had some fantastic guests like Ryan that's given great tips and insights about the possibility of marketing your real estate business and getting the kind of quality leads that you're looking for. Like I say, we're going to close the audio part of the show now. And like I say, you'll be able to watch a continuance of our interview, Ryan, on the website and on our YouTube channel. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. (laughs) 